0: september 23rd 2022 long day's journey in tonight. as we
1: have two hours of smackdown two hours of rampage this is the wrestling inc podcast i'm glenn rubenstein joined by alfred kanawa shout out to isa hope she's doing well in puerto rico uh the storm's there hopefully she'll be back next week but we got some wrestling to talk about tonight we got some news i've been pulling all sorts of extra time this week alfred between the two-hour rampage tonight i covered dynamite the other night in this very podcast with raj oh, giri wow. and jimmy corderas good times
2: very eventful episode that's pretty much their biggest show of the year you got to cover
1: yeah it was good I, you, you know i was very sports entertained but before we dive into everything what is going on in the news
2: yes and stay safe demon isa out there in puerto rico and speaking of demon glenn The Bray Wyatt teases were all over social media, of course, this week on WWE Programming. They've been doing this guerrilla marketing scheme to get you to use your QR code to figure out all these puzzles. It did say 923, so a lot of speculation that Bray Wyatt might be on the show in Utah tonight. That was not the case. We did not get a Bray Wyatt return, but what we did get is another QR code. It led you to another clue. It was a video game, reminding me very much of the final level of Super Mario Brothers. You had to jump over the fireballs to get to King Koopa. It was kind of like that, but the rabbit version where it was a spiral. And then he went into a door and uh, there was a graphic that read patricide. Patricide, of course, being when one person kills their father. And a lot of people are bringing up the fact that Bray Wyatt in one of his first promos might have been his first promo ever in that character in developmental was mentioning that he did kill his father in canon. And then, of course, there were coordinates. And if you Google the coordinates, they led you to uh, Daly's place in Jacksonville, which is interesting. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. The coordinates led you to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada site of Monday's Raw. They're already selling White Rabbit merchandise. They play the Jefferson Airplane song during commercial again. Are you excited for what looks to be Bray Wyatt's return? And uh, did you expect it tonight, Glenn?
1: Well, you, first off, we can't have him in Utah. They are very it's a very religious state. Bray like it just would have caused an uproar there might have been a church involved like not fans of the occult yeah not not really there uh but uh yeah so Bray couldn't be in Utah but Edmonton Alberta Canada it is still the home I believe to the world's largest mall or North America's largest mall it has a theme park it has a hotel and uh You know, I think uh, the Edmonton uh, Oilers practice in a rink there. What Mm -hmm. shenanigans? Bray Wyatt in a mall. It will be like a demonic mall rats. I am here for it.
2: Yeah, and I don't expect to see him in Edmonton either. I think these are all just going to be Raw and SmackDown commercials until we finally get to Extreme Rules. And I think he's going to interfere in the fight pit because if you've seen the Extreme Rules graphics, there is a lantern behind Matt Riddle when it was a Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins poster. So I'm guessing he's going to attack Riddle. It'd be wild if he went after Rollins and Rollins had to essentially lose to somebody else for a long period of time. I just don't see them putting Rollins in that situation again. It seems like they're just heating him back up. So I see him getting involved with Riddle. And if that happens, honestly, as much as I'm excited to see Bray Wyatt, I'd be very nervous if I'm Riddle having to work with The Fiend because we saw him ruin many a baby faces the last time around.
1: It will be Riddle versus uh, Enigma versus Puzzle. Versus Rhombus. <laughs> it's
2: a so bunch of clues. Time. That's all it's going to be. Yes. What else is going on in the news? We have an update on Malachi Black. According to David Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, looks like Malachi Black has indeed requested his release from AEW. He is all but gone, and there is a non compete period. We don't know how long that was. There was talk that potentially Tony Khan could freeze him for the rest of his contract. I do not think that would hold up in court. But it looks like they've reached an agreement that Malachi Black indeed does get to leave his AEW contract as long as he stays away from WWE for a certain amount of time. But at the same time, I am expecting Malachi Black or Alistair Black back in WWE. And there has been talk of other AEW stars potentially requesting their release. There was a fun story about Bobby Fish trying to get the Undisputed Era back together, and that didn't seem to work out for him. <laughs> But it looks How like Malachi know? Black is uh, gone. Bobby said, I'm leaving. Everybody come with me. <laughs> Let's go, guys. Last one. There's a rotten egg. <laughs> Where did they go? Where did everybody go? What the
1: hell? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it is interesting. It is interesting that uh, the tide turning that direction. Yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, it's. I think uh, we've been hearing about Malachi Black being frustrated with AEW. Of course, there were some personal problems, some mental health problems that he is upset got out. And it just looks like those two sides need to go their separate ways. I just think they captured lightning in a bottle and they really let it go. And I just don't think there's a way of putting that back in. I think a lot of that was Cody. Maybe he sees Cody in WWE and he figures, hey, man, not only will they treat me better because I'm an AEW defect from WWE, they're also probably maybe going to put me with Cody and I could reinvigorate my career.
1: Hmm. It would be, but that's months that down. Is.
2: Who knows how long it's going to be before we see Malachi? I don't know how long he could have signed that non-compete. Could be six months. Could be a year. But I don't know.
1: Yes, we shall see.
2: Uh, we also have an update on the Generation X. They're going to have a reunion. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, the head bookers of WWE and NXT, will be in the same building on Raw October 10th in the Barclays Center. So we're getting a DX reunion. Are you excited about that, Glenn? These guys
1: reunite more than like kiss the monkeys and um <laughs> motley crew
2: combined yeah they're getting a reunion tour they're gonna go out there and play the hits
1: yeah i mean it's it's kind of like your your high school reunion how it's like first like oh 10-year reunion and 20-year reunion like now we can wait a while now we, we don't have to do this every five years let's let's pace
2: out a little bit you know do you, do you think because dx is such an inside baseball type edgy type humor that they're going to reference the fact that triple h is in power now sean michaels is down oh in yeah it's gonna be a lot of haha there but here's
1: the question if it doesn't involve billy gunn it's nowhere near as interesting
2: yes because daddy ass is over in aew but they will have the road dog there maybe they make jokes about yeah, how he tried to people, beg tony Khan for a job
1: it's all people that work for wwe i mean like so they'll get x Pac back uh but i don't know without billy gunn it's just not
2: I mean, come on. Billy Gunn is essentially the Lance Bass of the Generation X. Not that he's not a useful piece, but you could do an in sync reunion without Lance Bass. Bye, bye, bye still sounds the same without him, even though he did offer a good baritone to the song. Really? See, I, w- I would be
1: disappointed if uh, I'm trying to think who I could be okay with not being in the. I mean, I, I'm surprised that hasn't happened without JT. I mean, take that, got right. back together without Robbie Williams in the UK, and they still like sell out stadiums oh, yeah. without their most famous members. So I think that, uh, you know, it's, it do it. but it, you got to think if you work at WWE, like if you're just there on the right day, I'm sure people, every time they see Triple H and HBK together or Red Road Doug, it's like, what is this? A DX reunion? Like that's got to be said every single time they're in the same building together. In it's WWE. like their
2: version of working hard or hardly working. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. i will say this they did go into the hall of fame and billy gunn was part of that yeah. famously triple h lashed out at him and said that he was going to buy the pissant company of aew or vince mcmahon was going to uh, so and billy gunn was part of aew when he went into the hall of fame with the generation x so if they want that Ass, yes, they can get him maybe i don't know tony khan does seem pretty upset with WWE. i believe we have a drop dedicated to it
1: yes which i didn't load tonight
2: yes he's not going to take this effing shit everybody Yes.
1: Stellar, Justin Lopez, 499 saying, you know what? It makes sense that Bray targets riddle because Orton killed off the fiend. And we know riddle is Randy's bro.
2: Oh man. You see, that's why Stellar Justin Lopez books the territory. I mean, Justin uh, tech sometimes when we booked the territory better than anybody could. And that's another good idea. I think that'd be a good idea to put him with riddle. I just, as, I just feel for wrong. I think Rollins deserves to come up now. He deserves to start winning these big matches. We've talked on this podcast about how he hadn't won a big match on pay-per-view in like over a year in terms of pinfalls. So it's good to see him start winning. And Riddle being paired with The Fiend does make sense if we're picking up where he left off with Randy Orton. It could be revenge tour. And keep an eye on Alexa Bliss, who they're starting to do some storyline where she doesn't have a sense of urgency. She isn't herself. And the lights did turn off during her match.
1: There you go. Uh, Before we continue with the news, how was Las Vegas?
2: Oh, Las Vegas was lit. Uh, Me and my buddies uh, hung out for a one-nighter. Had too much fun. I was hung over the entire next day. Uh, Gambled, played roulette, won a couple hundred dollars, gave it all back and had an overall good time. The Applebee's in Vegas was also especially lit.
1: I took stock of my life last night because my wife was out of town and left me alone in Las Vegas for five days and four nights. Two hours before my wife comes home, what am I doing? Kicking the strippers out, cleaning (laughs) up the pornography, washing the debauchery off me. No, you know what I'm doing? Cleaning the house to make it look like I've lived like a functional human being while she was gone. I'm a functional (laughs) adult
2: you it know it's better than it did when she left
1: oh yeah she says it's like the house is way cleaner than it was when i left and i was yeah. like if you would have seen it when you were gone yeah. you would have been like who is what is going on here does someone live here what is happening like i was doing things like just taking dishes out of the dishwasher that i needed and then when i had to wash more dishes just running
2: the dishwasher again every time like i couldn't be bothered to unload the whole thing you know When my parents, one time they left and they came back and the house was cleaner than it usually is and they said, okay, how hard did you party? Who did you have over here? They became immediately suspicious of me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What else is going on in the news? Couple more news stories. We just did the Degeneration X story and of course Soraya is back and it was updated in the Observer that she is not medically cleared in terms of when it was last heard. It was noted that she recently did not get clearance to come back. She did come back at Grand Slam, a huge pop that it was a great moment. But I'm telling you, man, you know, this AEW, they go balls to the wall. They're struggling with injuries. And I'm seeing some of these insane bumps that I saw tonight that we're going to get into. And every time I saw one of these crazy bumps, I'm just thinking, man, I don't want to see Paige take anything close to these types of bumps. If, and it seems like an if, she is able to be cleared, which she is listed as an active member of the roster. If she is cleared to wrestle, they need to handle this with kid gloves at least for the first couple of matches because i just saw some scary scary bumps tonight and thinking to myself man that if that's page and they have this philosophy doing this even over the past couple of nights of aew i i would be very nervous watching her compete
1: it would be good if she wrestled but honestly if she was the gm of the women's division and roasted tony khan and just said i am here to plant a flag for women's wrestling in aew that would be the best thing for the company if they really gave her carte blanche to book a proper women's division with more meaningful matches more prominent storylines i think that's how she could be the most effectively used
2: that might be something that they need now aew as a whole may not need a general manager or a commissioner on air role. Some people would argue that they do, but I think they've just been fine as a whole without one. But particularly the women's division, which I think is a big weakness of AEW, which I do not think they've done justice to that division. I think that might be something that they need. So if Soraya cannot go in terms of being medically cleared, I'd have no problem with her as a GM type figure. As the glue that holds everything together, as a conduit that they could build storylines around and build this division up, and I thought she did a good job in that role on SmackDown. I'd have no problem seeing her do that in AW because the more I watch, and again, this is very entertaining to see them wrestle and whatnot. But the more I watch some of these bumps that these kids take, the less I want to see Paige in the ring doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's very exciting. I it was it was so funny. Uh, now, now I don't believe any wrestling media. If they're dropping a story on a show day or pay-per-view day about like, oh, there were talks or there was a rumor, I'm like, you know this shit's happening tonight and you're just trying to get ahead of it because you sat on the scoop for too long and you just need to put it out there.
2: That happens a lot. It's happened the last couple of times. I can't remember who the most recent return was, but that was the same thing, as well as Braun Strowman, actually, where right before he came back, it's, oh, you know, Triple H has reached out to Braun Strowman. Same thing with Karrion Cross. where yeah. there are stories that I hear that like, we can advance or so, and I'm expecting it to happen. So there's definitely some leaks out there that get out that people know about it and are able to leak the story. That
1: popped Just- me Wednesday. I mean, I saw the story about the talks uh, that came out Wednesday morning, but I was not expecting it to show up. I mean, that was very- You
2: know what else I think this might be? In this day and age, the leaks might be by design and that they're just testing the waters right before they come back to see if a story like that would get them canceled. You know, if maybe a leak in a report of somebody coming back, maybe Twitter freaks out and says, I don't want Paige to come back. She said that she liked Harry Potter and that makes her a transgender or transphobic or whatnot. Who knows? Maybe somebody will say something like that. It'll spook WB and then they won't bring them back.
1: Okay. I mean, there's maybe one or two names I could think that would generate that sort of reaction, but I don't think...
2: You know, <laughs> well, would you think Ron would be one of those names? Honestly, like, when I, I heard mean, that they were talking to Bron, I heard that they were talking to Naya, and she got some smoke in terms of people not wanting her. That might have yeah, been, been one Ron's of those situations. Bron's like,
1: I mean, compared to, like, Wirtz or some people out there, like, Braun's, like, bronze like, your lovable QAnon-believing, like, relative that, you know, yeah. you tolerate, but you don't necessarily want to talk about anything too in-depth with him
2: more somebody that maybe got influences watching maybe too much brush limbaugh or something and it just uh, he has no control over it he's just influenced yeah impressionable yeah
1: Yeah. um yeah but no i think i think there are some folks that yeah would be much more controversial bronze
2: like controversial adjacent Just but sure, there's all kinds of different spectrums, and I who am I to say whether or not these people I don't think any a lot of these people are quote unquote controversial. I'm just saying, in terms of WWE being a publicly traded company, yeah, maybe it's a test run to see what's the market, what are these crazy bottom five percent wrestling fans going to freak out about, and if they don't see them freaking out, then they bring them back because that's really all it is. It's not regular people, it's the bottom five percent that's very loud.
1: But do you think like they were like, bro, we're bringing you back, and then like they waited till an hour before airtime to put pen to paper? Sign the contract no not at all i think maybe they
2: have them they're like hey get ready to go big man we got you in gorilla we're gonna put this up. Well, they, maybe they didn't tell them but they just put the story out and there, they're like and nope, then nothing happened like, okay just, ready to Alfred go
1: just posted a supercut of a bunch of footage of you <laughs> we have to uh withdraw that offer
2: <laughs> we had a picture of you and michael richards together at Braun. i'm sorry we're gonna have to withdraw this offer Just stay in gorilla position and uh, hope this, this blows over <laughs> what else we got in the news Final news story, AEW Grand Slam, as we've been talking about. It actually did a dip in viewership, down 12%, 1.039 really? million. Yes, a lot of people, myself included, I think people were looking at 1.2, 1.3. Yeah, I thought this would be one of their biggest uh, ratings in Asia's. Absolutely. I was ready for this to be their biggest number of the year because they did do their biggest number of the year last year leading into the pay-per-view. So common knowledge would only dictate that in this big stadium show, which I thought they did a fantastic job shooting the stadium to make it look like they were in this big venue, big crowd, five title matches, 1.039 million. And it's not a very, again, it's a solid number. It's good that AEW has done a million five weeks in a row. It was number one on cable. That's all good, but comparatively speaking for grand slam the biggest show of the year a show that did almost 1.3 million last year um that is a disappointment
1: wow peter bahi with the the timely references (laughs) bobby fish looks like john looks
2: Nah, he really does he could be the third vaude villain you don't need the undisputed era go get aiden english back and simon gotch we need a third vaude villain
1: i do i did love the vaude villains
2: absolutely they could not And do Aiden no English
1: was great with, with Miro, with Rusev.
2: Yeah. He was great in NXT as Aiden English when he would sing his own themes. He got overdoing everything. All this guy did was get over. He was a great color commentator. I mean, what I is know. it that he's not doing that he can't be in WWE right now? I don't. I mean, isn't he Impact still? Maybe. Yeah, but he was one of the people who was released. I believe he was released yeah. in 2020, but somewhere along the way he was. And I thought it well, was criminal.
1: He's one of those guys that would just keep in. My company because he's a solid dude to have around. It's like a utility player,
2: you know. He's a sammy Zayn type, a guy who no matter what you ask him to do, he's gonna do a better than average job, even a great job.
1: Yeah. Okay, SmackDown.
2: Let's do it. Let's yeah. hop
1: into the show. Uh tonight. Speaking of which, we opened with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline and um segment of the year when Sami Zayn wanted to speak. Ooh. after all the bloodline spoke Roman ordered Sammy to take off the shirt made it seem like Sammy was being kicked out of the bloodline never wanted to see him wear that shirt again why because he was giving him a new shirt that said honorary oose and Roman Reigns has fully embraced Sami Zayn, and it was like the end of Greece too when Adrian Zamed gives Michael the T-bird jacket I teared up legitimate tears of happiness being officially accepted Sami Zayn into the bloodline what did you think of this segment
2: a legitimately, legitimately heartwarming moment. I think this is such a good example. WWE usually doesn't do this well, where they're doing the fake out. They usually like doing those promos where they're gonna begin, like, I love everybody. And then they turn on them and you could always see it coming from a mile away. But this was a well done fake out in that there has been tension between Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, potentially Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman. So you would believe, especially with Kevin Owens in the rearview mirror, that Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn essentially are going to eventually split. And so they played on that. And I thought it was great that Roman Reigns did this. The crowd absolutely bought that Sami Zayn was about to get his ass kicked and they ripped off his shirt. Jay Uso just couldn't wait to rip this guy's shirt off. So it looked like he was about to get kicked out. And I did feel bad and I was kind of confused because Roman and Sami do such a good job together. There's still a lot of juice in that peach. And what they ended up doing is giving Sami Zayn a shirt. And I thought it was just, Really, it was like a make a wish kid moment where it's <laughs> the, Roman Reigns, the head who's just accepted Sami Zayn as Amore Oos. He can now say Oos. And I thought it was a great moment. I really did think it was one of the best segments of the year. They did a great job with this.
1: I think Sammy is the second most over member of the bloodline, which could end up working against him because then they will see there is money in a Sami Roman feud, even though Roman is obviously winning.
2: Um, like Sammy is so right? Yeah. And down the line, I do want to see Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos. If you're looking at this timeline with the Usos, they were counting all of the different reigns that people have, and they're very close to the new day. And after they beat the new day, which I don't think is too long away, it might be time to beat the Usos with Sammy and Kevin Owens, potentially Sammy Zayn and Soda Sokoa because Solo yeah. loves Sammy. Sammy
1: and Soa. I mean, that tonight was great too. Like this is working out so well. I mean, look, I've been doing this podcast six years. Everybody knows. Major, long-time Sammy Mark. Uh, One of my favorite wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. And the fact he's gotten so over from this, and now Roman Reigns is giving him the official stamp. Not just the, I tolerate you, but like you are a part of this. This was so good tonight. We talk about how wrestling doesn't have enough payoffs. It's always about what comes next. This was just like,
2: perfect. Yes, and I will say, the one flaw in this is it was... Maybe too perfect. There's a lot of emotion in this and, this was a 100% babyface from Roman Reigns. This, yeah. I think, to a lot of people watching on TV and watching in that crowd, if I'm watching in a vacuum, this looked like a full-on babyface turn from Roman Reigns. Even though the bloodline went on to behave like heels throughout the rest of the night, this was like a heartwarming Roman Reigns like smiling and accepting Sami Zayn, but people cheering and embracing this moment, and there was no swerve. And then they just went on to the next thing. I guarantee you people now think he's babyface, and he's supposed to be going into Saudi Arabia, this big heel like it's Logan Paul, who should absolutely be the heel of this feud.
1: I guarantee you, uh, well, maybe someone there, they probably didn't rip this off, but I swear to God, first, this is England movie, exact same moment. Joe Gilgan does the same thing with a little kid that wants to be part of their sky loving crew and gives (laughs) them the shirt. And it's a heartwarming moment. And it was like, yeah, like you can't see Roman tonight. And I mean, Roman, like, Roman was
2: looking misty eyed and like a proud father. That's what I'm saying, man. There's emotion all over his face. Like he looked like a baby face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Logan Paul, like, they're screwing
1: this. I mean, we talked about this last week, like I mean, this could be a great feud, but yeah, like if Roma's going to be babyface, like Logan's really got to step it up.
2: Yeah. They're doing this completely backwards in how they're booking it. And this, again, this angle, I have no complaints, but if you're looking at the fact that they're big match, they're building and it's going to be in Saudi where the crowd's going to just do whatever they want and kind of be more of a to be friendly crowd. They're not necessarily going to boo Logan Paul, but watching this on TV the way that they're slotted, it's like a round peg in a square hole, especially after this segment. And let me tell you something. These honorary ooze t-shirts are going to sell. Because anybody could wear them and essentially be an honorary ooze. It's like a thing one, one, thing two type shirt where like, you're an honorary ooze if you get this t-shirt. So they might outsell the Bloodline t-shirts. That might be how they break them up. You know, they almost need to do... How much do you think
1: Logan Paul tracks in Saudi Arabia?
2: That's a good question. I don't think a fair amount. I'm sure people know who he is. He is on the internet, is following us from the internet. So that's worldwide. That's a reach, especially if you look at his audience, you know, India is a big consumer of YouTube and there's a lot of people around the country who primarily consume American content through YouTube and through the internet and on podcasts. So that might help him, but I don't know how big of a celebrity he's going to be received in uh, Saudi Arabia, but the way they promoted him, I'm sure they're gonna make him a big deal to that crowd.
1: I mean, the upper class, of royalty in Saudi Arabia. If I were them with Logan, I would lean into that and show the cars, show the cribs, show the NFTs and the Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. really lean into that because I think that will, they will understand. That I'd love to see that. You know?
2: Yeah, that's what that's he needs that to be guy doing.
1: that is. I mean, he looks like he just rolled out of bed, but that dude is like living larger than any WWE superstar.
2: Hunter, living like, he's got larger and more, more over...
1: Yeah, probably no, like he's probably up there with Vince in terms of like because Logan probably spends more than uh, he saves. But uh, that's uh, a little
2: better than a lot of these guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know what I'm, I'm, I'm saying? Like Logan Paul's got more money than uh, Cena. Yeah. Um, Peter Bahi, $5, saying I had the same reaction when Roger gave me a wrestling ink t shirt, made me an honorary wrestling ink moderator.
2: Hey, Peter Bahi, hey, also a friend of the true. show. I wonder yeah. if John Jordan felt that way when I made him a friend of the show officially this past week.
1: There you go um oh uh abu fahad saying watching us or abu fahad uh, watching us from saudi arabia there you go wow hell yeah Bo, Abou, how Abu, how over is logan in saudi Himan yes. Shugar saying logan's big in saudi has been many exhibition events okay so he's kind of known as an influencer yeah.
2: That does not surprise me at all. If you have a following that massive, it's not just in America, especially if it's online, especially if it's on YouTube. YouTube, as somebody who is a YouTube content creator looks at all the little analytics, people watch from all over the world. In, in Saudi wonder, Arabia, though, and these places are very hot spots.
1: I remember like when Ninja was on The Mass Singer, and, and like a lot of people were like, who? You know?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, and that's the thing, because that's a television viewing audience in terms yeah. of people who are watching that show. It's like a network show. It's probably a bunch of old money watching that show and uh, not at all. It was funny, I was at a stand-up comedy show and Trevor Wallace was on on the show and they brought him up, because he has a huge following. He's one of the biggest comics based on TikTok following. So they said, this guy's got some of the most, he's one of the biggest comics in the world. So people were expecting like Dave Chappelle or someone and they brought him out and there was almost no reaction to him. And to his credit, he's a pro, he just jumped on it. It was like, you guys weren't expecting me, were you? And, but that's the thing. It's like, yeah, biggest comic in the world doesn't necessarily mean biggest celebrity, but biggest following. There's a lot of ways to define that.
1: Yes. Uh, but we have a lot of wrestling to talk about tonight. So got to move on. Um, Tonight, we had Lacey Evans waiting in the ring for Liv Morgan saying, Liv, you can't get extreme. You're in an extreme rules match. You can't get extreme. Well, Liv got extreme tonight. Beat... Lacey Evans with the kendo stick put her through a table did that nasty bump against the guardrail where I looked like Liv got more hurt than Lacey did on that like uh, hitting the upper shoulders and neck I was afraid she concussed herself um, but I'm curious to see Liv versus Ronda Extreme Rules what do you think of this match though?
2: I thought this was good on Liv Morgan. They really went into overdrive and saying whether or not she'd have that killer instinct. She did seem a little apprehensive to take that big bump through the table, but she eventually did it and it looked good. And I think Lacey Evans might be on the wrong side of the Triple H era. She really seems like somebody who in the Vince McMahon era they were pretty much obsessed with. She was doing weeks of television and reintroducing herself as this honorable veteran. And then it kind of went left. And now she's in the enhancement talent role where they're not necessarily doing anything with her creatively. And I think it's a shame. I think she's a big talent. I feel the same way about Ezekiel, who may or may not come back as Elias, but she, Lacey Evans with all these returns, seems to be one of the odd people out of the Triple H era. But There you go, Ricky.
1: Yeah, I think that um, that botched return, and then, look, I thought the thing with Ric Flair was actually fantastically bad before she left.
2: You didn't want to see it through? Like, you didn't want to see the whole pregnancy story No, play I did.
1: Out? I did, but it's a morbid thing. It's kind of like, what would it be like if Sarah Palin were president? It's sort of <laughs> like, like, I want to know, but I don't know that I want to live through it, but I kind of want to see how it would play out.
2: I see. I think I'm in that same boat. I definitely wanted to see it play out somehow because, like you said, it was like train wreck television. Oh,
1: and I just wanted her to do the thing with Charlotte of like, you know, I hope one day you'll call me mom. Like,
2: they could have done so much. Like, they could have done so much with that. And I'm pissed they didn't do it. When she didn't appear in the ring after Ric Flair's retirement, I knew there was no hope. The storyline was over.
1: Uh, John Jordan, $2.03. Very specific. Need friend of the show t-shirts.
2: No, we really should. Maybe we should sell them for (laughs) $2.03.
1: hey static media don't don't you worry your pretty little heads just alfred and i are take, taking care of this
2: we're raking it in yeah
1: you know, selling a trunk in the car outside uh <laughs> wrestling events um but no, this match was okay i mean good on live the table spot was pretty cool she hit that um i think she's gonna lose to ronda rousey but this was a good match
2: me too i think i think ronda rousey is about to come up we're gonna be in the A lot of Ronda Rousey TV time. Her and Shayna Baszler, I think, are going to be a top act coming up, and it's going to start at Extreme Rules when she beats Liv Morgan, probably with help from Shayna.
1: Uh, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, getting into it with Ricochet and Madcap Moss backstage. Uh, We had New Day versus Maximum Male Models. Very quick match with New Day getting a win.
2: Yeah, Maximum Male Models look like they're breaking up already, or at the very least... L.A. Knight is coming back because Max Dupree was not very happy. He took that jacket off. That might be a sign that more clothes are coming off. And we're going to get L.A. Knight on SmackDown.
1: Oh, I'm sure five people are really excited about that.
2: And one of them is going to be Triple H. Triple H seems like he would be a fan of L.A. Knight. And maybe they're going to give him a push. What's
1: L.A. Knight's gimmick? Max Dupree, Maximum Mill Miles. I know what that gimmick is. What was L.A. Knight's gimmick?
2: Almost The Rock. That was his gimmick. Maybe not even almost. I think that might be paying too much compliments. He he did shed that toward the end of his run. I will give him credit for that. Toward the end of his run, especially when he was working with Cameron Grimes, he seemed to come into his own. But still, a lot of rock mannerisms. One of the things I actually liked, at least the first time I saw Max Dupree, is it was nothing like that Stone Cold Steve Austin rock wannabe character. It was his own thing. But this looks like he's going to part ways with this. And really, they're going to be dead in the water after that if they weren't already.
1: He's a sea level rock. He's the croc. <laughs> um. So, Braun Strowman versus Otis in a shockingly competitive match.
2: I actually loved this match. I Party, thought it was too competitive it. too, but I it was they did a great job of a big man type match where their Clash of the Titans didn't do too much. Kept it short enough to where I did want to see more and didn't go crazy. They just used basic moves and. I thought the crowd seemed very taken by this match, and Braun Strowman did seem like a pretty big star. Now, I will ask this. They did reinforce the ring before this match between these two big men. Is that a form of body shaming? Okay, Because every day I'm hearing the goalposts get moved. Is that body shaming that you need to reinforce this ring because these two big guys are getting in the ring? How do you make, think that makes them feel?
1: I mean, I think it's practical. Like, you're on an airplane, and they're like, would you like a seatbelt extender? I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to be practical, right? Safety. I asked for one on a roller coaster once I wanted, to, I was like, this is not comfortable. I would like a seatbelt extender, please.
2: Really? It wasn't too loose to where it made you. But
1: they still tighten it. They still pull it tight. Okay. You know, but it was just, I mean, like, cause let, let me tell you, if you're, if you're a larger dude, especially at, like six flags or universal, like Disney, whatever Disney, you know, you're not in any danger, but you go there and they will like, just jam that thing down. So you're we like, I'm safe, but I can't breathe, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. No, I think, uh,
1: yeah, it's for safety.
2: Okay, as long as you felt more safe, that's all I'm worried about. The I think that's the key. Podcast.
1: Like honestly, like if I'm on if I'm on a roller coaster, like you know what, do what it takes. So I'm not going to come flying out Final Destination three style. Yeah, <laughs> you know
2: that's a great death.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll put aside my my own issues. You know, like I'll say I'll save the feeling shamed for later. Understood. You know. i just want to get back to the point of departure safely although i think i think i think with centrifugal force you're probably okay even if you didn't have all the restraints for the loops at least i think uh let's hope with my 10th grade science Education. Um, so, Braun Strowman won that match. Drew McIntyre is going to strap it on with Karrion Cross. Whoa!
2: Hey,
1: yo! What's he doing now? He's going to do a strap match.
2: <laughs> He's strapping He's it, strap it on. on? Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. When is this? this? is Extreme Rules, right? They're getting extreme.
1: They're getting extreme with the, with the strap and the strapping one it one strap.
2: Or, or are it's, you doing two it's, straps? It's,
1: I believe it's one strap between them. Two guys, one strap.
2: That sounds... And don't forget about Stra- Scarlett's going to be there, too. She gets a strap, too?
1: Uh, I don't think she gets a strap. I think she'll oh. be strapped to Jason. But tonight,
2: she threw a fireball. That was uh, unfortunate. It was a fireball, <laughs> but it, like, it's funny because it was like Drew McIntyre was waiting for it to happen. And I don't think he saw it. And then it's like he saw that it went off, and then he reacted to it. It was very sloppy-type spot. Would have looked interesting. Would have looked really cool Just if they would do it, it.
1: And do it in post, do it in special effects, do it backstage. Yeah, don't think live you're going to be able to pull that off. I mean, and they've tried this before.
2: People, have tried, I mean, I feel like they did it to Paul Bearer, didn't really work out. Famousl,y yeah. Hulk Hogan did it to the Ultimate Warrior at Halloween Havoc in what many people consider the worst match in the history of wrestling, at least in the history of WCW. And that was a big part of it. That was the most memorable part of that match was Hulk Hogan not being able to get the fire off.
1: Dylan Matthews, Australian 299, that ain't PG.
2: Yep. Strap matches are very violent, and that's what he's talking about, right? Just strictly yes. the violence of the strap matches.
1: Yes. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, extreme – look, I'll say this about extreme rules. Extreme rules has not been very extreme in recent years. Or we have, like, the extreme rules match, and that's it. I want extreme rules with – I want crazy stipulations and gimmicks for every match on the card.
2: Well, we've got the fight pit that's outside the box. Maybe we'll get some blood in that match. Liv Morgan's teasing she's gonna go extreme. Maybe she's gonna beat the hell out of Ronda Rousey with a kendo stick. And maybe Bray White will murder somebody. And we're gonna come full circle extreme rules.
1: Yeah. It should be good.
2: Um,
1: Dakota Kai versus Raquel Rodriguez. Another short match. Like uh, and then Bailey tried to interfere shots Shotzi ran to the ring. I mean, this this was okay.
2: Very short. Pretty much the opposite of what they've been doing with damage control, where they go in there and talk for 15 minutes and leads to a match. They fit a lot into a very small time frame here with Raquel Rodriguez. Thank God she's not out there smiling anymore. She's out there angry as a giant. Shotzi is just randomly babyface, so good on her. And they made no mention of Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai's dominance in NXT, friendship storyline, none of that. But they did talk about Team Kick and Michael Cole even brought up earlier in the night, Braun Strowman strongman background. So it's weird that they're staying away from this Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai connection.
1: Yeah. I don't get it, man.
2: Of all the things that they bring up, you know, they are now kind of a loosened Michael Cole, which I think is so much better. He's unleashed now, but this is something that they have stayed away that I've noticed that there've been plenty of opportunities to talk about the history between Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai. They have not gone that direction.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm surprised like Leah didn't come out and set up like a three on three. I think she's injured right now. Oh that makes sense. Yes, as Dylan's pointing out they mentioned heavy machinery tonight. Like yeah.
2: there's a reference yeah. to heavy machinery with I mean, which who remember with all due respect to heavy machinery, not a lot of people remember that. Tucker up, and Otis. That, yeah, what's up with Tucker? I don't know. Was the poor guy, as soon as they started doing something with Otis, he just knew that he wasn't long for this company. And then they put him in, in this ridiculous outfit. You just knew that his days were numbered in the 24-7 division. So I hope he's doing fine wherever he is, probably on the indies.
1: Yeah, no, I hope so too. What happened to Bull Dempsey? Bull fit was so over for like a week.
2: That was one of my favorite acts in the original NXT. I saw it live and he was one of the most over people yeah. in that building.
1: I own a Bull Fit t-shirt somewhere. Oh yeah. I think I bought that on clearance after it was released. Hey, that's smart. Maybe he'll come back. I mean, that, that would be Triple H pulling deep. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I could I could probably get some pretty good odds on that bet. i probably win a lot of money.
2: Who comes back first? Bull Dempsey or Adam Rose? I was just thinking that. Bull Dempsey. Bull Dempsey. Okay. Yeah.
1: Adam Rose. I mean, I hope Adam Rose is doing okay.
2: Enzo amore or adam rose oh enzo (laughs) oh really (laughs) triple h apparently hates the guy
1: yeah but there's like they cannot deny that there's money in enzo there really is you and i think there's money in enzo i I think enzo should go to aew i think enzo man i could see enzo showing up with morrissey now in aew i think that could actually be a really interesting way to uh if morrissey turned on mjf And had Enzo in his mouthpiece. That'd be
2: fantastic. I love that. He'd be a great heel in AEW, and they simply don't have that anymore. They don't really have that person who's perceived as a WWE guy in AEW. A lot of times, when WWE people come to AEW, people are happy to see them, and they are happy that they left WWE. But there's nobody who's that heel who represents the establishment and the anti AEW culture. I think Enzo could slide in there and do that perfectly, and with. MJF is essentially a babyface now, getting all these babyface reactions. AEW is fresh out of heels, man. They don't have any real, authentic heels who are going to get booed.
1: MJF would be uh, against Enzo would be, like, on, on the mic, that would be so good.
2: Yeah, except so for Sammy Guevara, who seems, because of real-life circumstances, seems to be getting that type of heat. But they're very, very limited on these heels who get booed. And sort of Scott, Sword Strickland, looks like he's going to come up in that role, too. John Jordan, 202, Bullfoot T-shirt, 202. Yeah, it can't be more than the front of the show t-shirts those are far too valuable i get paid ten dollars
1: for my uh Bullfitt shirt on clearance
2: wow oh, at WWE shop
1: yeah mm. not eligible for buy one get one free that's how clearance it was mm. you know? um i've bought a lot of stupid things on clearance i bought my social outcasts shirt on clearance <laughs> wwe shop still Worth got it. that somewhere did not donate that to goodwill when i moved and packed <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the main event, the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. I mean, look, we knew, come on. Like, you knew what the outcome of this match was. You didn't even need to watch the show to know what the
2: outcome of this match was. Mm-hmm. This is emblematic of the Roman Reigns run where it's just, you know, they're not losing anytime soon because they ran this beautiful video package of the history that they're about to make. So you're like, well, they're not going to lose this match. But uh, Click. we're going a little less Click. tonight. Looked amazing. I thought he looked like the guy who maybe should challenge Roman Reigns. I was very excited <laughs> yeah. seeing uh, Butch. Butch was going crazy in there. I really liked him. I That was a that highlight of the match. I was kind of waiting for it to end because I knew they weren't going to lose. But Butch did a great job in there. They had some great spots. Yeah. Rich Holland, too. He had some strongman stuff that people really popped for.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a good main event. But look, four hours of wrestling on a Friday is too damn long.
2: Yeah. And this is the second hour, but even by the end of this show, I was thinking, God damn, there's another two hours of this.
1: I know. It, it, that kind of killed the main event tonight. This was not a good night to put on a 25-minute main event. Or if you're got...
2: WWE, maybe it was, because their thing is to burn out the audience. Oh, so maybe they thought, if we put on this big, long main event, get everybody all excited, they'll be too tired to watch two hours of wrestling.
1: You know, there's something, I mean, I, I think this a lot in business where I always want to be like, I'm not that smart and I'm not that stupid. Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I wonder—is WWE just crazy enough to do that?
2: They are. That's why they did Worlds Collide. That's why they run towns. They just ran Seattle. Now AEW is going to do Seattle because WWE likes going to towns before AEW to burn them out. They do all kinds of things. I hear they do this thing with Fast Nationals that they want out early for whatever reason. I was. Well, I hear fast,
1: that. Fast. I wanted the Fast Nationals the other day on the Quantum Leap reboot. I was like, oh, "Where no. are the Fast Nationals for this?"
2: We Almost gotta get those. you
1: being like, "Yo, do you got a you got a source?" It's an NBC Universal show i'll hit somebody
2: up we'll see
1: i found out 3.5 million watched it live but no peacock numbers. it's got to be huge on peacock apparently it's like the number five show on the internet right now for like people talking about it and stuff
2: well good for them because a lot of times you see these shows get over promoted and they end up flopping fantastically i believe there's a show with heather graham i used to see everywhere and they Mm. didn't do too well and um but this quantum leap show looks like it's really paid off for them
1: Watched it again with my wife today, and we were both like, you know, it's not the original, but new cast is really likable. It ties into the original. Like, it's funny, Raj, so we get done with the Dynamite podcast the other night, me, Raj, and Jimmy Cordero. And Raj is like, hey, can you stick around a moment? I want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's finally happening. After six years, he's sick of my shit. And he was like, I want to talk to you a sec. So the new Quantum Leap, is it any good? Because I was really a fan of the original <laughs> show. I have a TV art. I don't know if I should watch it. And I was like, you could have talked to me about this on the air. People would have <laughs> said, like, what are you doing talking about something other than wrestling?
2: Yeah, i kind of to be scared. I'm glad that you're still with us, though. <laughs> That's what Roger <laughs> talked to me about. The new Quantum Leap. So there you go. <laughs>
1: uh anyhow moving on to rampage let's do it house of black versus darby allen and sting in a new dq match opening up the show
2: what did you think of this wild match absolutely wild sting almost killed himself he went through two tables but one of the tables he went through he smacked his head on it and it dented the table did even break the table I'd be shocked if he wasn't concussed. And then the worst spot of this match, they bumped poor Julia Hart and she missed the table and she landed right on the floor, which was, that was one of those spots I looked at like, man, if something like that happened to Paige, I'd be terrified. And, uh, but it was a good match. They had the great Muda come in. I just thought this thing was great as always. Insane, your typical Darby Allin match with all these bums, him and Brody King, although it's been overdone to this point, I think they do make magic in the ring. They've got an insane chemistry together.
1: I mean, we talked about this before. I've been saying this now since he first came on my radar. And I say this with like a little bit of hyperbole, but I think, you know, people, people both believe it and joke about it, but also believe that like Darby Allen's going to die in the ring. Um, and I'm like, is Darby Allen's death wish rubbing off on Sting now?
2: <laughs> That's a good question, dude. If you saw some of these bumps Sting was taken, you yeah, was bleeding in there. Like, dude, like what?
1: You know, Metallica once famously said, my lifestyle determines my death style. And I think uh, these guys are living that shit.
2: Very, very underrated St. Anger album. I was a big fan of the garage drum type that a lot of people hated on. Saint oh my! Anger God. It, a sounds very underrated. Like, it
1: sounds like they're just in a cardboard like box Invisible or a rubber Kid. trash can. Oh, that album, some kind of monster, is such an amazing documentary. But yeah. I can't take that album seriously because of that documentary.
2: I might be the only person on the planet who considers that a great Metallica album, and I'll die on that hill. Now, dude, the Metallica
1: 3D movie, Through the Never, like when we got the new surround system, that was like the first thing I put on Netflix to watch again. But I saw it in theaters. Like that is one of the best concert movies
2: ever made. Wow. That
1: you know what's weird? It'd be
2: fun to watch in theaters, actually.
1: Yeah, and it was 3D. You know what's weird? That I'm thinking about this. Like, there's no single act hip hop concert film. Like, there's the show, but I'm trying to think. Like, nobody ever put out like a hip hop concert films start to finish none that are coming to mind for me at least no one i would recognize
2: yeah no because they had like dave Chappelle's block party but that was yeah. just all kinds of acts even if you watch the super bowl they still haven't had a single hip-hop act from beginning to end for a halftime show they just had to throw all these hip-hop acts on there all of whom i think could have had their own super bowl halftime show if mean, you look at eminem one of the biggest artists in the world period not in hip-hop history he's outsold the eagles and mariah carey yeah
1: yeah. I mean, there was the Beastie Boys DVD where they gave everyone cameras. The I shot that video where you could choose all the different angles on the DVD, but that's not like a great okay. concert film. I mean, there's the Up and Smoke tour DVD. Yeah. has a lot of great sets on it. But yeah, I mean, I would love to see like, man, LL or Run DMC or somebody just put out like a retrospective concert. That'd be great. Like big set pieces. It's probably something Kanye will do at some point in his career. Yeah,
2: I'm surprised he hasn't done that yet. That comes to mind. Drake could absolutely do that. Somebody with a great catalog who could just go out there for an hour, for two hours and, and rock the crowd in 3D. Yeah. That, because they did do Drake and Kanye where they had the La- free Larry Hoover concert on mm. Apple TV. So that was pretty good. It yeah. was all right. It was a little mid, but it was, it was all right. I'm a big fan of both.
1: I feel you. But yeah, Sting, Darby Allen, bad influence on Sting that's what we're learning yeah
2: that might be what's going on because he always insists on taking these table bumps listen it's good to see but sting only has so many of these in him let's just keep it a buck i think it's great and i think he really knows how to pop a crowd doing that he does not have to do these crazy bumps to do it there's plenty of things as we saw him just staring down muda was a great moment
1: baby i was pointing out that LL did give us deep blue sea he's already the goat watch shark knight 3d and stay through the end credits
2: Shout out to academics too. I hear They're going through some problems. Hmm. Ella Cool Jane Academics not seeing Oh, it, I uh, heard that. I saw that the other night.
1: Um, I have no clue with the story. Like, I you know you see stuff on Twitter, and it was like people were talking about like Paige's or Soraya's boyfriend who did her music, and I'm just like, ah, do I want to know the story on all this?
2: That might be why they leaked the story of Saraya. Oh. And that might have kept them off if if that backlash against her boyfriend or her husband was. Any more intense? They might have said, all right, sorry, we're going to meet you, stay in your position until this blows over.
1: I don't know, man. Uh, but Sting is, Sting's like 60. How old is Sting?
2: 62, I believe. Jesus Christ.
1: This is where the makeup, it's like the kiss effect. When you see kiss out of makeup, it's like, go home, grandpa. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like kiss out of makeup is like Steven Tyler. And it's like, dude, I don't want to hear somebody that old singing about those topics.
2: So Sting is 63 years old, but I just put Sting age and it brought up the other Sting and it said he was mm-hmm. 70. So I was thinking that AEW Sting was 70 and I'm thinking he's taking books like that at 70 years old and my heart skipped a beat. But no, 63. AEW yeah. Sting is 63 years old.
1: Do you think Wrestling Sting also has tantric sex or he just feels weird about it? <laughs> He's like, people just associate. Or do you think uh, Wrestling Sting knows how to play, like, don't stand so close to me on bass? Like, you yeah. just thought at some point, like, I should learn this. It'll make people laugh. At karaoke, I'll go up, I'll sing synchronicity. You know, I would love get to get see to that.
2: That'd be a great Super Bowl commercial, Sting singing Sting. And I definitely think he has tantric sex with a mask like that. I think he has a mask, just like his face paint, but it's like an eyes wide shut type mask and they get it on.
1: On Loveline, once Insane Clown Posse was talking about how they were, like, a little offended when uh, the fans of the group that wanted to conquest them asked them to please keep the makeup on.
2: (laughs) That's who they are to them. If they're fantasizing about ICP, they're not fantasizing about them without their makeup on. Absolutely not.
1: It's true. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
2: you got to Uh, keep that makeup on.
1: So much to unpack here, but we have limited time.
2: Uh, So...
1: How did we never get Sting and Sting? We got every joke they could think of for like the Bonos commercials in the 90s. How? Sting, like Desert Rose was popular when WCW was at its peak. And how did nobody have the idea? There's that famous photo of them together from the 80s. But how did nobody in the mid 90s want to get Sting and Sting together for a Super Bowl
2: commercial? I know. I'm surprised it still hasn't happened. I, I want to see at the very least Sting play out Sting yes that'd be because he could say ladies and gentlemen grammy award winning singer this is sting okay then you introduce sting all over again here's what we
1: need to do when they announce sting is going to get his official retirement match i think we need to start a petition we need to go to change.org we need to just blow up tony khan you know and just say look before he retires we need sting to play out sting
2: yes i think that'd be amazing honest to god I think that no, it would be. That would be. There's all this copyright music in wrestling right now. Why not Sting? Add him to the mix. You could do Jefferson Airplane. You could do Sting. I mean, that would be a
1: cherry on top to the curve. But what Sting song though? I mean, you're not going to play "Every Breath You Take." You know, that's the problem too. It's like you got to think about this. Like, what Sting? What? What Sting or Police song
2: would really? You don't think "Don't Stand Too Close to Me" is good for Sting? I mean, you know what "Don't Stand So Close to Me" is about? Like, that's not really. Oh, I'm just thinking about the vibe. But I know what what is it even about? No, I've never thought about what. What is it about? really oh, oh it's the about a little guy yet. sleeping with his? is that one about
1: the teacher sleeping yeah. with their students yeah it's kind of like uh wingers it's like a classier version of Wingers 17
2: okay yeah you know? no, i did hear about that yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no
2: okay we're not doing that one then
1: we're gonna have to do a youtube channel like alfred reacts and i just explain like what's <laughs> are about to you you know
2: you don't know what pump kicks pumped up kicks are about every little thing she does is magic how about that oh there we go that? Can work. Sting to come out to that?
1: <laughs> wrapped around your finger we got to figure something out we got to figure something <laughs> out we're gonna we're gonna work on this we're gonna figure out the police song that may synchronicity is a badass song like <sighs> but it's a little i don't know we'll figure it out we're gonna make this happen. oh we will has, has sting the wrestler ever gone on the record about his favorite police or sting song i mean like i don't want to hear desert rose you know or like set them free i don't want to hear like one of those i want something like kind of slaps
2: people keep asking all these wrestlers what's your mount rushmore of wrestling i think somebody should ask sting what are his mount rushmore of sting songs okay.
1: everybody tweeted sting let's get to Please. the bottom. is sting even on twitter i don't he know he just goes
2: on a blocking spree
1: speaking of musicians axon bronson came out with hook tonight taking on Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and Cool Hand Angelo Parker. Look, Action Bronson, I'm not throwing disrespect, but I could have done 16 bars just rhyming things with Hook. And I feel like you really didn't go there. I was disappointed by that. Yeah, I
2: just stuck to his material. He did the chairman's intent and got after it. I will say, though, a great debut. Celebrities, even even past the grade, even if we're not grading on a curve, he looked great in there. Yes.
1: Um... This was what it was
2: action bronson is a song called barry horowitz by the way about oh. the 90s jewish icon of a wrestler barry horowitz one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid i'm not even kidding it's a shoot really he used to pat himself on the back he was like a jobber but then he beat skip and mm. kind of became a mid-carder before Fleming out but he was great
1: there you go i'm not familiar with action bronson um i look at him and i just think bubba sparks
2: Oh, I could see that. But he's actually doper than him. I've been rocking with him for a long time now. Great rapper. Excellent. Doesn't get the just do. I like him because and a lot of people point this out. He sounds like Ghostface killer. And Wu-Tang is one of my favorites of all time. And Ghostface is one of my favorite members of Wu-Tang. And he sounds, when I first heard action, I would always get him confused with Ghostface. And he's just good. Not only does he sound like it, he flows like him. He's got a great flow and he's a great rapper. By the way, one of my favorite things of wrestling media this past week has been seeing the culturally clueless wrestling media try to explain hip-hop to a lot of its audience. It is very entertaining in some cases in terms of between DJ Wu and Fabulous and people not knowing who Trina is. It's just been fantastic. But that's why I'm here, ladies and gentlemen, Pro Wrestling Bits, the biggest and blackest YouTube channel in wrestling.
1: We had to go into who Trina was the other night. I'm sure you can imagine Raj knew who Trina was. Jimmy Corderas did not really know who Trina was.
2: I, I can see that and jimmy's canadian right i don't think they've got trina i don't think she twerks out there
1: no i mean there's rascals and drake and like maestro fresh west did and you Snow. let
2: jimmy Cordero know that trina is a whole legend out in these streets and she's a goddess and a pioneer for a lot of these well, after- women rap has never been better and you've just got one incredible rapper after another in women's rap it was not like that i remember a time when it was trina and that's it wait wait wait,
1: wait okay first off there was jj fad Second okay, yeah, there's, songs, been, there's MC
2: Light. you've got, I'm just talking Terry about B, modern, I'm talking about modern day hip hop, especially when I was coming up. Yes, there were the pioneers, This Queen Latifah, Lil' Kim, yes, absolutely, before, between, I'm just saying, there was a time where it wasn't all these women's rapper at the same time, you could go to an era, and it was like, there was one dominant women's rapper, and she was the women's rapper for the moment, you didn't well, get you couldn't have the City Girls and Megan The Stallion.
1: You need to go on YouTube and look up Dee Barnes and the special she came out with in the early 90s, Sisters in the Name of Rap, and it's an entire female hip-hop concert headlined by Yo-Yo, who Ice Cube came out just to do the hook on You Can't oh, Play yeah. With My Yo-Yo. Oh,
2: hell yeah. yeah. I have heard of that. I gotta, I gotta check that out.
1: Yeah, I watched the entire thing a couple weeks ago. That's amazing. Is that on Paramount? Uh, no, it's on YouTube. Someone just, like, legged it. There was a rapper also on there whose name is Nikki question mark, Nicole exclamation point, like Nikki, Nicole. (laughs) And I'm like, that is the dopest name in the history of hip hop. Fluid. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, no. So we went from the one tag team match to Samojo and Wardlow versus Tony and Josh Woods. This is where I was kind of like, this is a two hour rampage tonight. We could have made this a tight hour.
2: Yes, absolutely, and some of these matches went very long to where it was just like they were taking up time just for the sake of doing it.
1: Yeah, and this was okay. Samojo and Wardlow getting the win. Look, Wardlow's like uh, lost his mojo, I feel like, a little bit. As DS's Himanshu is putting uh, out even Heather yes. B. is still Heather B. Dope. Shout out
2: to Heather B. Still dope, yes. I love Heather okay. B. Lil' Kim is still dope. She was on a remix on Making the Stallion, and she snapped on that record.
1: I feel like female hip hop, female MCs never have gotten enough respect.
2: Of course not. I think they're just now starting to, especially because of how marketable they are, especially because a lot of these women have mastered TikTok and the social media generation that's so important to hip hop. So now they're just now kind of starting to get the respect. But even down to Trina, she's just being marketed as a reality TV star. This is a a rapper. This is somebody who's one of the greatest, uh, not even just female rappers. She's one of the greats.
1: Soft spot in my heart for Terry B., White girl that looks like Madonna. yeah It was on Compton, on Easy E's label, produced by Easy E. Gone some shit with Dre. Did a track on the last track on her album. It is nine minutes of her just reading off her enemies list in verse <laughs> form, and yeah. it is spectacular. All of her ops. Oh, it's so good. It's like probably like it's not even a district. It's just she's just dropping it like her former bandmates, Dr. Dre. Like, shouting out Jerry Heller at the end, but in a positive way, because, you know, Easy was still down with Jerry.
2: It was like the original 300 bars, I guarantee you, that helped so inspire good. the game. So good.
1: But no, I mean, female MCs, yeah, I've never... I mean, going back to the real Roxanne, man, like, yeah. if you listen the original Roxanne's Revenge, Roxanne's Revenge was probably the first rap song that was really on my radar. Not Roxanne, Roxanne, but Roxanne's Revenge, not Shantae, with... Uh, or, 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 not Roxanne's Revenge through Shantae, the real Roxanne, the yeah. UTFO, they're authorized the one, that was the first hip-hop song that like blew up in the Bay Area. I was going to the Boys and Girls Club. Like, loved that when I was a kid. Still slaps. Roxanne Chante, also awesome. In fact, if you want to see something that will just like warm your heart as a hip-hop fan, there was a concert video out there before Kangol Kid passed away where Kangol Kid is out there rapping his verse on Roxanne, Roxanne, and then Roxanne Chante is out there doing Roxanne's Revenge, like roasting it. Like, <laughs> and they're hugging at the end. It is so phenomenal like is one of my favorite videos i've seen
2: and i love the chat yeah. shouting out all these female rappers shout out to left eye that's one of my favorites of all time i'll tell you that oh absolutely
1: space cowboys would not have been the same without left eye no the brat yes it's weird how jermaine dupree had like one hip-hop style and he was like now i'm gonna get Chris Cross to do it now i'm gonna get the brat to do it
2: just cut copy paste man if it <laughs> ain't broke don't fix it it's
1: true yeah bow Wow doing it yeah, Jermaine Dupri, like, he really figured out how to franchise that shit early, kind of like what Timbaland did. I mean, like, think about Missy, Timbaland, Solo, Bubba Sparks, like, it's just, it's like, I got the same beat, I'm just gonna change one thing, now you lay some bars over it,
2: you know? <laughs> I'm gonna add an extra Ficky Ficky to this one.
1: Oh, shit, Sick Ross, Chow now, Boss. Boss, okay, how, like, I'm sorry, I know we got a lot of wrestling to cover. Boss, amazing debut on AMG's album, which I'm not going to repeat the title of, but AMG, one of the best. If you think Two Short's the king of sex raps, listen to AMG. AMG is better than too Short with sex raps. Whoa. Boss debuts on AMG's record. Boss comes out with that solo record and then, like, is never heard from again.
2: Yeah, it's wild. that's sad when stuff like that happens, I think. Yeah, Boss, so good. So, having a mailman on the chronic 2001 album where he had this interlude on Forget About Dre and he said, Y'all, bet to buy my shit and you never saw him again. Nobody bought a shit. Hip hop was big with that. I mean, think about
1: how many death row, think about like the, the Hammer album that was supposed to come out on death yeah. row. Hip hop is notorious, no pun intended, for like announcing things that never come to fruition. <laughs> remember, remember, uh, NWA and Guns N' Roses were going to collaborate on I a song. That. Yeah, like hip hop loves to announce shit that never happens. But boss was like the first hardcore female rapper. Like Kinda nobody like was
2: advertising yeah. Bray Wyatt, and that didn't happen. Yes.
1: yes. Well, that's yes. not exactly what happened. That's not fair. Um,
2: but I was gonna say we gotta get back to this. But Ray Phoenix versus Jungle Boy, this was a really good match. I really Excellent loved it. match. I think it went very long, but they earned all their time. That lucha style is very fun to watch. If you're doing it right, and that's Jungle Boy's strength, that's something that he's very good at. That he came up doing, he's probably more comfortable doing lucha style than any other. So, him working with Ray Phoenix, who for my money is the best in the world when it comes to lucha and one of the best in the world overall, I thought this was an incredible match. And I'm glad they're having Jungle Boy win, he's getting more comfortable and better in promos. But I want Ray Phoenix to level up. I know he's injury prone and there might be concerns there, but Ray Phoenix is just too good not to do something with when he's healthy
1: yeah um this was really good really enjoyed this and then christian cage coming out after i think uh just keeps that heat going christian looking like an adjunct professor in that outfit um yeah i think <laughs> nice uh, chelsea boots though yeah i'm curious to see what happens in the luchasaurus attack from behind
2: we were talking about real heels christian was getting some heat so that was good to see christian was a big heel to this crowd
1: uh so this is an interesting point sorry i have to address this um that oh where was it edward cousin saying they found out boss wasn't fake and she wasn't really a gangster i do remember she was like an honor student but here's the thing johnny cash did not kill a man just to watch him yeah die. like you know ice cube went to school to study architecture
2: <laughs> like good just like yeah. two chains has two degrees like I'm, I'm i don't like this current generation thinks that they need to actually do these things in the rap. That's like drill rap is starting to get big and they're now starting to push back on drill rap because it's about killing people and then actually talking about it and inciting that. You don't really actually need to do that. We're seeing too many rappers die now, like PB Rock who died not too far from where I live. We're seeing a lot of these crazy things happening to rappers because people think that you have to live that life. You really don't. A lot of your favorite rappers have nothing to do with the streets. They're just kind of rapping because a lot of things rhyme with the word street.
1: Not as many things rhyme with uh, Trigger or Bacardi. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, when I'm in charge, I'm getting rid of Bacardi and Party. It's outlawed. We, no song can ever make that rap again. We're outlawing those words. Yes. It's just, it's been done to death. Okay. Dylan Matthews pointing out Lil' Kim did the Trish Stratus theme. She did. It was lit. Uh, Lil' Kim, one of my favorite rap lyrics ever on that song with Timbaland, which I <laughs> will not repeat.
2: The opening lyrics. Come on. Let's get him. <laughs> opening the second verse verse. this is the
1: most i i've never had to go back every time i'm like did they really did you really just say that it was incredible that is like the craziest fucking lyric um so really like this eddie kingston versus sammy guevara and you know what i bought it i bought it when sammy was out there apologizing (laughs) they called him a fat piece of
2: shit again. (laughs) yeah man they're just leaning into these uh, realistic storylines that's that's what arguably led or reportedly led to them actually fighting legit backstage and so now they're turning that into a storyline still not learning their lessons and we got more of that by the end of this match
1: yeah um, and I like maybe this is one of those cases where it's just uh, the timing of it but Eddie doing the mental health the mental health awareness stuff they were doing it's like this made it feel real. Oh, and knowing what we know about the backstage, like this made it feel real. Like I'm very invested in this.
2: Yeah. It's, that. That is why you do it. That is why you take something that's realistic and put it on your TV is because the idea is then you feel more emotion to it. It feels more real. It's more enjoyable. And I agree with all that, but looking at AEW and analyzing when they have done this, It's gotten your four biggest stars suspended because you wanted to get real, and it got so real, they ended up fighting each other in the backstage, just like Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston fought, just like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa don't like each other. So, And we're seeing this thing with the referees now. The referees actually do suck. They booked them horribly, and now they're doing a storyline on how bad their officials are, which I think is going down a very dangerous road.
1: I don't know if Jimmy Cordero is trying to pull a road dog and get a job in AEW, but the way he criticizes the refs, I'm just like just. He might have. He might be, honestly, he could get a consulting gig
2: out he of it. He should. Him, uh, shout out to Jimmy Corderas, Mike Chioda, uh Marty Elias. It'll be in my next piece on Pro Wrestling Bits about how bad the referees are, how they're now making a storyline out of it, and how they're going to risk the credibility of the refs. But hopefully they're doing this to make the refereeing better.
1: See, if I were a ref, I'd make my gimmick that I can't be distracted, my eyes are on the match the whole time, and then I'm sitting there just checking my phone through the entire match, just <laughs> not paying attention at all. Um, but here's the crazy thing about the reality of this. So knowing Eddie Kingston, knowing his mental health struggles, knowing his addiction struggles and knowing how he really did not like Sammy Guevara taking those shots uh, at his body uh, image. He choked Sammy out tonight, still came across like a mega baby face in this. Field. Of course.
2: Yes, he really did. And then they reversed the decision, namely Paul Turner, who totally Twitter fingers himself called out and said, you got to do a better job. It's so funny because they're saying like, oh, the past 48 hours, the officiating has been bad. No, it's the past 48 months. It's been this entire run. It's one of the Achilles heels in terms of all the outside interference that goes on in AEW. They don't like doing DQs, which is good, but it's at the expense of the referees. They don't do DQs because the referees aren't doing their jobs. They're not calling them. They're getting distracted. They're letting things happen that shouldn't be happening. And so now that they're doing a storyline about it, I hope it doesn't lead to the referees being worse. I hope the storyline coming out of this is the referees get much better. Maybe we will see more disqualifications now.
1: And maybe TK is like, you know what? We got to clean this up. I need a pro. Drake Wurtz is all elite.
2: <laughs> Let's go. Let's control those narratives, baby. <laughs> Drake Wurtz, he's coming to AEW. I think that's the payoff. I like that. Let's get Drake <laughs> Wurtz up in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really... Again, Do I want to live in a world where that happens? No. Do I want to see what that would look like? Yes, 100%. Does he join the Jericho Appreciation Society? (laughs) Jericho's probably like, just, I need to keep my distance, dude. (laughs) And if anyone asks, like, you have not been texting with my wife.
2: (laughs) You were at home on January 6th. Oh, I love that the, the chat's talking about hip hop. So, this is why the rest yeah. of the
1: audience is the best. And I love that you're talking about hip hop that I know. It's yeah, I saw Raw Digger
2: reference, man. I love Raw Digger. Mm-hmm. Buster Ride my personal top 10. And I love me some Raw Digger. I love me some um, Spliff Star, Flip Heavy, Mode D. Squad.
1: Heavy D's in the first Step Up movie. Yeah. Watching that. Kid and Play. So, th- did you see this advertising here in Vegas? They're doing this weird, like, monthly hip hop. Old school show in Vegas. They're calling it a residency, but it's like three nights a month. Like JJ Fad and Naughty by Nature were playing last month. I didn't like, see that uh, What that in? Oh, I don't remember. Uh I want to say it's like the Westgate. Like it's that's not, right? you know, it's not the Cosmo that's yeah. <laughs> doing this. You know? Uh a little like the Westgate's the one that used to be the Hilton. Like that used to be like the hotel, not okay. anymore um but no i think uh like i'll I'll go to that now once my booster kicks in like yeah i would absolutely i'd, I'd love to see jj fat supersonic when i was a kid like yeah. that was the sh- in my grade school a group of boys in a lip sync assembly did a lip sync to supersonic that's how over wow. supersonic was
2: <laughs> that's amazing i i actually i believe i have a, a tape a cassette tape of jj Fad. Oh, so good
1: um So Eddie King's won the match. Decision got reversed. Okay, so finally, Trina. Hey, look, it's like we're being topical. Uh, Trina with Diamante against Jade Carkill. After all this weak-ass build, Diamante got killed tonight by jade and then trina who was there with diamante aligned with jade
2: after raising hands and in the ring not a good night for diamante and i have to say much as i do love trina she did not look like she wanted to be there she she had the same expression on her face the entire segment she was there ah i mean
1: what what else was trina doing on a wednesday night when this was taped
2: throws a hell of a clothesline though you think she still hangs out with trick daddy i hope so i really do maybe they're riding together Trick Daddy can cook. Maybe I mean he's had people over on his show. He's cooked now. I pointed this out the other
1: night. We had a year's worth of shows out of Jacksonville, Florida, and how did they not get Luther Campbell? Like at least for I mean, like he was like twenty minutes away. He could have. I'd
2: love to see Uncle Luke. He'd be so over in Jacksonville, anywhere Mm -hmm. in Florida.
1: I mean, people do not understand. Like Two Live Crew was like a cultural revelation in hip hop in the early '90s, and every kid had that tape somehow.
2: And you talk about rappers rapping about sex, you put 2 Live Crew in there with too short. You you know, don't
1: okay. See AMG like legitimately is a gifted lyricist and tells stories with the songs. 2 Live Crew, we weren't listening to that cuz of the quality of oh, no. uh, the the bar. Now, now uh, Brother Marquise is actually the best rapper in the group. Fresh Kid Ice is okay. Luther Campbell what was the Chris Rock thing? No, I have no talent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he was a glue, he was like the Flavor Flav. He was the glue that held everything He's together.
1: Like Flavor Flav if you thought he was the front man to the band. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Public Enemy if Flavor Flav was like Luther Campbell?
2: And like i just love got that. Out there? Hey, we need at least one album like that. Come on. Just to see what would happen, you know? And, and then the Luke- things are on Flavor Flav's mind. And then Luke just
1: said at a certain point, like I don't even need people to rap. I'm just going to yeah. shout over the records. <laughs> <laughs> and why did I buy all the, like I've still got like in the nude in those Luke's I've still got, like, I want to rock. I've got those CDs somewhere. Hold on to them. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's your birthday. Always, uh, always a banger. Peter Bahe, Uh, can you <laughs> translate the song in former by snow. I don't know. Licky boom, boom now. <laughs> um, Do Sean Paul next. <sighs> That was the weirdest one because I was dating a girl named Rebecca at the time. So when that would come on, she was like, "Just say Jody and Rebecca." Like, so now you like can't unhear it, you know. Um, I, I'd forgotten Pitbull started out doing Scarred and doing stuff with like Luke.
2: I'm oh, like, I don't know
1: that. yeah, yeah. When they did Hip Hop Honors, Dirty South, like Pitbull that got sense, into that
2: because he's Mister Three Hundred Five. He's out there in Miami.
1: Yeah. Um. Other thing I liked about Luther Campbell and 2 Life Crew is they do the clean version and the dirty version, and oh, they could not be more different than one another. No.
2: they're essentially different songs. That's a lot how Eminem was, when because he was such a big commercial artist, but his songs were filthy. So when you would hear My Name is, like, the dirty version, it's a completely different song.
1: Yeah, something.
2: But no, it was good to see Trina tonight.
1: Poor Diamante. Poor anyone that goes up against Jade Cargill. Like, Like, this is not... Jade Cargill is, like, your ticket to irrelevance like you are going to get beaten by her and then
2: what where do you go from there and that's a shame it's a subplot of the whole women's division and how they've struggled there it needs to be to where they're it's around now the time that i think you can build up challengers who people could see as beating jade cargill she's had that belt for a long time i don't want to see her lose it anytime soon but aew is completely punting on creating any type of viable challengers they're doing everything backstage and they're making it look like dorks. So I think they really need to start building up challengers.
1: Bolster talk saying big opportunity missed with Uncle Luke and the baddies.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if they want Uncle Luke around the baddies,
1: but that'd be dope. If you go on Paramount Plus, there's a UM TV Raps episode where they went down to like visit two live crew, but they're not in Miami or like uh they're on tour somewhere, like a budget inns sitting by <laughs> like a broken down pool, and there's some girls hanging out with them. And Fab Five Freddy, or no, it was Dre and Ed Lover, and they do not let Luke or Two Live Crew talk the entire time. <laughs> like, and it's just like the most busted looking hotel, but it absolutely seems like that's the type of life Two Live Crew is living on tour.
2: That seems difficult to not let Two Live Crew get a word in, particularly people were, Luke. People were afraid. I mean,
1: think about it. the people were like afraid of Two Live Crew back oh. then um but yeah with jade i mean jade's super but here's the problem if you don't give jade bitter competition i mean god fucking help us if soraya gets in a feud with jade cargill <laughs> like
2: yeah and they're gonna have to keep that match very basic in terms of what they can do i wouldn't even be comfortable seeing her take the jade finisher yeah yeah so it'll be interesting they they have the talent they have the pieces to build somebody up it doesn't have to just be Britt baker you have got people that Jamie Hader is somebody who I honestly, there is a movement around Jamie Hader that people wanted Jamie Hader and Britt Baker to break up. There was a little bit of an outrage when they didn't. And I think Jamie hater is somebody that they could build up for Jade Cargill. And people would believe and want her to beat Jade Cargill. I'm not one of those people, but people would. Tony Khan takes
1: the title off Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa is the champion. Britt still gets put over. Thunder Rosa gets back. This is like you break up with someone, you marry someone else and you're just texting your ex all the time. Yeah like so disrespectful of thunder rosa
2: yeah he's got to expand his horizons he's got to be more like an f-boy not a simp be an f-boy give all these women a chance
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh the golden ticket battle royal not the main event i feel like we saw it was this the first time uh dawn castle was on aw television
2: no, he was on Battle of the Belts in the ROH, Title Magic, and Stronghold right. Gresham. And boy, I think his pants have been hiked up even more since then.
1: I feel like four years ago, three years ago, Don Castle could have been the biggest thing in professional wrestling yeah. if he would have left Ring of Honor.
2: Yeah, and then he did get hurt, and he suffered with a really serious back injury. And, and then things started getting away, and he wasn't able to train as hard. But I agree with you. I actually saw him live when he was at his peak, peak of his powers with the boys. People went crazy for that act. He was incredible. His Charisma just put all the energy in the room, and it was just a shame to see how that turned out in terms of that. Hopefully he's able to rebound, but they'll need to do something with ROH first.
1: Yeah. Um. This was good. There were some good spots in this. It was fun, but this is the problem with having it be taped, like Hangman and Page winning and getting that future title shot. There was no suspense. It was just kind of like, like, I'm going to sit back, enjoy the ride, enjoy some of the spots. But yeah, we, we knew how this was ending.
2: Yeah, especially when he went out first and they all beat him up. You knew he was going to be a focal point. And then once I saw the field, it's like, what, Brian Cage versus John Moxley? His respect to Brian Cage, who has been off TV, so this is officially his return. But I'm just looking at this ring like, none of these guys are going to face John. Maybe Lance Archer, but I guess Hangman hey on a Page versus John Moxley. That could be fun yeah you can't do
1: tony Khan is good at surprises you can't do surprises on a pre-taped
2: show right unless you have some vignette that you haven't shown the streets but there's really nothing i think people were expecting captain insano to come out that didn't happen Although mm. big show was on commentary
1: yeah yeah we did get that oh and we didn't uh talk about it Either, but we did get we did get again though we had this uh before the the great muda coming out after uh the sting and derby allen match hugging sting like that was good but we knew we talked about
2: that yeah but just great muda facing off with sting he kind of teased he's gonna do something to sting and then he turned and went against uh buddy matthews and then him and sting reunited
1: okay so here's the question on a night of four hours of wrestling where we saw a fantastic segment of the year contender opener of Sammy Jane, Sami Zayn being officially made part of the bloodline by Roman Reigns. How do you think this book ended with the way the night ended with Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs in a lights out match?
2: Little mid, I'm a fan of this feud. I'm a fan of both guys. I think they were hosed in their pay-per-view match, which should have been Ricky Starks's moment, but they did a good job. They worked hard. It just something that good to see the main event good to see them even main event on rampage but i think this feud lost something when they did that quick match like that but it did make up for it this should have been i think their pay-per-view match i thought this was a good match
1: and note tonight they did this weird thing where they stopped the show and restarted the show at the hour so it will be rated as two separate hours yeah how much drop off hour two do you think there is versus hour one
2: I think they did a good job of that because people could have thought that they were going off of the air and they immediately just went blank for a little bit and then came back. Sounds like a split i I'll sex. be interested to see because Christian was on there and he's a relatively big star. I don't know how much of a needle mover he is, but they were about to go into a segment with him and Jungle Boy, which is one of their big storylines. So we'll see. I don't think it's going to be a huge drop off. Okay. I think they're actually going to do a pretty good number for this show considering they were able to build an audience for two hours. I'm not going to hear from me tomorrow on Fast National Saturday. I'm going to have that day off. But I think they might have done just fine. Maybe five hundred thousand, even. I'm thinking they're going to do in the oh, wow. five hundred, five hundred twenty thousand range. See, this was a good match. It was just it was a long night of wrestling, man. Yeah, like I, this is, felt like
1: the closer, not the headliner.
2: Yes, yes, it felt like the end. It was just four hours. Admittedly, there was a ten minute chunk where I didn't fall asleep and just kind of watching the clock, waiting for this four hours to be over so I could see my friend Glenn. But it was fine. We got through it. I thought it was. I thought it was a good two shows just back to back four hours it was very long i felt all four of those hours you
1: know okay so here's my thought on this i do not want to watch a two-hour pre-taped wrestling show ever if it's live fine but two hours pre-taped you like an hour you can only say well it's a really tight hour
2: for me, I think it just depends on what happened. If it's pre taped and I hear something crazy happen, then there will be that anticipation like, man, I heard that. Yeah, so John just dropped the belt. why
1: do not you just know? make it an hour and like do it in the hour pre taped? I agree. I'd like that much more because you can edit it. That's the other thing.
2: You could shoot two hours, edit it down to a tight one hour. That's what they really should have done. Some of these matches did go on to where they could have edited some stuff out. And but they this is grand slam. They wanted to get everybody on the show. I know. It's kind of like their TV WrestleMania. So maybe they just want to get as many people on the show and feature them as possible. Yeah. Overall, though, a good but lengthy night. Very long night. Kind of crazy they couldn't get FTR on either of these shows, but now they're getting rid of the rankings. Like, FTR is getting the short end of the stick here. And now the Acclaimed is getting hot. doesn't look like they're getting those AEW tag team titles anytime soon, and I don't think they should.
1: You think FTR goes back to WWE?
2: Absolutely not. I think they're one of the guys who do not like WWE or very pissed at how they were done dirty. They have made themselves big enough stars to where a Triple H, a Papa H, who was a big supporter of theirs in NXT when they were the biggest stars they were. I could see them going back under those circumstances. They're boys with Randy Orton. I could see them wanting to reunite with him. So let's not completely rule it out, but they do seem like they're very happy in AEW.
1: I don't think they ever need to be AEW tag team champions again. Like there's so many belts, they've got so many belts. Like you could just tell people they were champions, or people just still think they're champion.
2: It's the same thing essentially with them carrying around all those belts. Yeah, there's always going to be the feeling that you want to see them capture those titles. It's not something that needs to happen anytime soon.
1: Yeah. And Bobby Fish was on impact tonight, looking like John Wilkes booth. Is, uh... Shout out
2: to Bobby Fish out here creating all these headlines. Bobby Fish is out here wild and good for him. He's a great self-promoter, man. He's been in the news a lot for one reason or another, whether or not he's calling out CM Punk or trying to get his boys back to WWE. He's the ultimate disruptor. Is this the most over Bobby Fish has ever been in his career?
1: Uh, No, when Riddle did the how much could fish, could Bobby Fish fish, if Bobby Fish could fish fish, that's the most over Bobby Fish has ever been.
2: Riddle did get him over more than this. But I will say, every time I look at a headline, Bobby Fish is right there wanting to smoke with somebody. I like this Bobby Fish. If he comes back to WWE, this should be his character. Just starting shit backstage, trying to get people to leave the company and go to Jacksonville. This should be his character.
1: That would be a good character where he's backstage. Is like, so let me ask you, when's your contract up? <laughs> so are you happy?
2: You know, whenever they do these storylines, which they always do, when they're about to turn somebody heel, when they're frustrated and they keep losing, you just pan out and Bobby Fish is sitting there like, hey man, I know how you feel. Jacksonville is yeah. just a phone call away. I know a guy. Be like, Spore hey, you like
1: you like football? I can get you tickets. What
2: do you think about Trevor Lawrence?
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. We made it. We made it
2: through. We made that a lot more fun than it really was. But good night of television. Not a great night of television. Good night of television. Good night of television.
1: Okay, so Issa, we hope you are well. You'll uh, hopefully be back Tuesday. What? and um everybody have a good weekend alfred so good to spend time with you oh, so yeah. good to talk hip-hop and wrestling always very good time you know i was facebook friends with jerry heller before he died oh really that's yeah, amazing so jerry heller was on facebook and i just added him we never like interacted but i regret not interacting because he did a bunch of like random ass podcasts and radio shows in old age and like he had no filter wow oh. you know and to his dying day he was like no vaseline is a good song but i don't appreciate the personal anti-semitic shots of me
2: oh yeah i, I wouldn't be very happy with no yeah. vaseline if i was jerry heller but it should slap for me i thought it was a great song but
1: no vaseline is so good that song could have been about me and i'd be like yeah but still a really good yeah
2: song. yeah but those bars though i mean <laughs> you did say some messed up stuff He did. Yes. <laughs> but those bars
1: i'm gonna watch straight out compton again love that movie
2: that did a great job ju- they did great justice to that i love that movie
1: did you watch surviving compton the michelle a movie i saw that i saw that actually
2: i saw it before i saw Straight a really yeah i think it came out before didn't it come out just before oh i thought i thought maybe yeah maybe i've got it downloaded i just never watched it yeah, it's, it's good it kind of you know again it's going to put a taint there's always a dark side to all these stories but i'm just a big fan of that era of hip-hop so i just wanted to know as much as possible but it's a really good documentary okay if you could stomach it
1: I'll have to check it out. Love Me Good Looks Back at Classic Hip Hop. Uh, D is also an underrated song. Okay. As No More Lies. Like Michelle A, because she's speaking voice, she sounds like Hooks from Police Academy, but then she growls when she sings (laughs) like she's Johnny Gill. People don't know about Michelle A. Michelle A, that's a wrestling gimmick. Could you imagine? I mean, that's like some real life She-Hulk shit. Yeah. If you've got a wrestler that like talks like that and then the ring is just raw. Like that would actually be. It's kind that of amazing, actually. I like that's that.
2: What Liv Morgan's, that's what Liv Morgan's gimmick should be now. It seems like that's what they're going with with Sarai, but she's just a kind of a dainty schoolgirl. Doesn't necessarily sound different, but she does transform with some smoke. Yes. Maybe there if you, you smoke go. weed around Michelle A, she transforms. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is.
1: <laughs> okay, everyone, have a good weekend. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care and
0: have a good one. But.